Live on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. This is hope for the caregiver. Hope for the caregiver is the conviction that we as caregivers can live a calmer, healthier, and dare I say it, a more joyful life as we care for someone with a chronic impairment. Maybe you're taking care of an aging loved one. Maybe you've got a special needs child. My case, a wife who has a severe trauma from a wreck she had 38 years ago. Whatever the impairment, there's always a caregiver. And this show is about strengthening you and helping you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. If you want to be a part of the show, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And as we are prone to do on this show, I'd like to take a hymn and ask you if you know it. If you do, give me a call. And then tell me why this song is important to you. We're going to talk about why this song particularly applies to us today as caregivers. And this may be a multi-part series because of the topic, what this song um, will hopefully illuminate to us and, and other things that we're going to discuss today. And as always, if you have something going on that is not related to what we're talking about, feel free to call. It's okay. We'll come to a screeching halt and discuss whatever's on your heart and mind. We don't like to give advice on this show because that's really not what this is about. I can't tell you how to take care of your loved one anymore than you tell me how to take care of mine. And the show is not about caregiving in the task of caregiving. The show is what's going on in your heart. That's what we're about here on this show. Because if your heart is a train wreck, guess what will happen to your wallet, to your body, to your relationships, to your job, all those kinds of things. And in the frame of caregiving, we deal with the human condition and the heartache that arises in us as we struggle in this area. And there are relentless struggles for so many. I was talking to a, a friend of ours, a couple friend of ours down the road here where we live, well, a ways down the road because we live in a very rural area of Montana. And they have a um, young man, a special needs child, and he's, I think, about 20, 21, um, having tons of seizures right now. And he's got all kinds of challenges going on. He's bedridden all the time. And they're having just seizures re- repeatedly. And, and this is, this is for, for families, especially these children who have cognitive issues and uh, all kinds of other health-related issues. When you have those ongoing things like seizures and so forth, it's just, it just wears you down. How do you stay strong and healthy in that? And that's what we discuss on the shows of ways to point us back to safety. But here's the opening hymn here, and uh, I'll step over here to the caregiver keyboard. See if you know this. See if you know this too. course I love this course and this is where I really want you to kind of live today Mark was telling me when I was playing this before we went on the air I sounded like I was on a 
Christian cruise ship. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I love this hymn, and if you know this hymn, feel free to give me a call. 888-589-8840, Words matter. Words matter. And all too often, we throw words around with great sentiment but little thought, and one of those words is forgiveness. And we're going to talk about that today, forgiveness. And of all the, the the weighty words in our vocabulary, forgiveness seems to be the one that gets the most disrespect. Uh, you ever see on uh, courtrooms where they have, uh, you know, when there's a horrific trial going on and they interview the family and they're all emotional, distraught, and they cry out, we forgive him, we forgive him, that kind of thing. And you kind of, you kind of look at that and say, wow, do, do, do they know what they're saying? Are they are they are they engaged in what they're actually saying? Um, you see this uh, with those who who are pressured by family and and friends to say you got to forgive them. That was in the past. Let that go. You need to you need to forgive them. And and then uh, they also tell you wanted to forgive and forget. And then many struggle with the concept of forgiving themselves. What does forgiveness? even mean and and that's what i'd like to spend a little bit of time here today with you all because i think that as a caregiver you're faced quite <laughs> extensively with the opportunity to forgive uh, some of you are taking care of loved ones who left horrible wounds in you as a child or whatever uh, throughout your life and now you're in a position where you're taking care of them. And, and the bitterness is just so close to the surface. And, and you're thinking, well, they're not asking for forgiveness. And my question to you is, is forgiveness predicated on somebody soliciting it? Do you have to be asked to forgive before you offer forgiveness? What, what really is forgiveness? And I'll start off with saying what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness doesn't mean that the offense didn't matter or that it even can be forgotten by us. Now, God is able to do things that we cannot with forgiveness. But forgiveness doesn't minimize the offense. In essence, forgiveness is this willingness that we have to take our hands off of someone else's throats. We are posi positioning ourselves to be their judge, jury, and executioner by harboring unforgiveness. And when you forgive someone, you're willing to let justice be done to that person that is beyond you. It is not, even though emotions come with it, it's not necessarily just this emotional thing where, we, we get all, you know, you have the wonderful orchestra playing and all this kind of stuff. It, it, it's, it's a decision of the will that often requires a daily decision of the will to walk in that forgiveness. So 
for example, if somebody's done a horrific crime, you can forgive them, but it doesn't mean that they are uh, released from the judgment of life of, of the authorities or God. It just means you are not participating in that. You are relinquishing that to, to somehow be their judge, jury, and executioner. Now, some people you are harboring unforgiveness towards may not even know that we're doing it. They may be just completely clueless that you have unforgiveness. But when you have unforgiveness, you're not completely clueless about it. And it gnaws at you. And it eats at you. And, and this is where so many caregivers are living. There is, there is this great turmoil within our hearts. And it may be towards our loved one, ourselves, family, friends, your pastor, physicians, medical staff. Maybe it, it, it's you know that, that people aren't helping you the way that you would think they would want it, that you would want them to help you, and they're just leaving you just hanging. There's all kinds of scenarios where unforgiveness festers. How do we deal with this as caregivers? We're going to talk about that some more. If you want to be a part of that conversation, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where's the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the host an event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. A moment of truth with Gary Bryden of the Association of Independent Methodists. Dr. S.D. Gordon once wrote, our Lord has been everywhere that we are called to go. His feet have trodden down a path through every experience that comes to us. He knows each road and knows it well, the steep path of temptation, the dizzy road along the heights of victory, the old beaten road of commonplace daily routine, end of quote. It's no wonder then in deep discouragement, as two disciples were walking towards Emmaus, someone walked up beside them and with them and shared the scripture and peeled away their temptation to doubt, revealed his victory through resurrection, and led them to exciting daily routine of sharing the gospel and letting this Jesus change hearts and save souls. The Association of Independent Methodists, like-minded congregations doing together what can't be done separately. Visit aim2020.com. Where there's a treasure at the end of this narrow Gives me a purpose for my 
Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. That is Gary Chapman on Treasure, one of my all-time favorite songs. I told him that I was going to put that in the bumper rotation here for the show because I, I love that song. And I uh, appreciate him writing that, and, and uh, I, just, I just love that song. 888-589-8840. We're talking about forgiveness for us as caregivers. And um, what does that look like? What, what does that mean for us? What, how do we function in this? Can you forgive and forget? I, I don't know that that's even required. God does that. He puts it as far away from us, deep in the ocean. I don't know that that's required for us to forget it. I think that it is the requirement is for us to release this and let it go, not saying that it doesn't matter. I said in my book, Hope for the Caregiver, um, it, it's, it's lose the boundary. I mean, lose the grudges, keep the boundaries. It's okay to keep boundaries. In fact, it's important to keep boundaries. In fact, it's imperative to keep boundaries. But you don't have to walk in bitterness. And, and this is so important. And where does this start? Well, it starts in our hymn for today. And I've got a, a, quite a few folks that um, want to weigh in on that particular hymn. And if, if you want to talk about that, please don't, feel free. You don't have to just because you, somebody else got it, the, the name of the hymn. We're not just doing, you know, name that tune here. We're doing this to, why is this song important to you? What, what did it mean to you? And so I'm going to start off with um, Roger in Arkansas. Roger, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm feeling real good, sir. You know this song? Yes, sir. What is it? At Calvary. At Calvary. Mercy. You know who? Mercy you know who wrote there it? Was great. I know. I don't know who wrote it. His name was Bill Newell, and there's a great story behind that. But, yeah, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my, there finish my it for me. burden soul found liberty. At Calvary. Isn't that a great hymn? Isn't that a great hymn? And uh, I, love, I love that. Uh, Pardon there was multiplied to me. I love that. I, love, I just love the way he turned that phrase. found liberty at Calvary. Do you, do you remember the first time you heard that? By the way, Roger, I played that a little different than what you probably heard it the first time you heard it. Is that, is that a fair statement? That's a fair statement. <laughs> well, what? I, uh, tell me, tell, tell me what that means to you about forgiveness and 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 the the mercy that you received at Calvary. Tell me very quickly what that means to you. I know I didn't have a chance to meet my God if it hadn't been for Calvary. And uh, I, in Sunday school last Sunday, we was talking about that. And the cross, you know, people's got the cross and the crucifix that hang around their neck and so forth. That wasn't nothing but a tree. It had nothing to do with Calvary. It's Christ giving up his life for me that what I had to do. Hmm. He, he made that He made that tree that he hung on. <laughs> yeah, he, indeed he did. And, uh, well, listen, Roger, I do appreciate the call on that. I'm going to head to another call. This is Bruce in Ohio. 
Bruce, good morning. How are you feeling? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Did you know this one as well? Oh, yes, at Calvary. Did you know who wrote it? Do you know who wrote it? Well, the guy's guy's name was Bill. Bill Newell. And there's a great story about Bill Newell that I'll tell in a little bit here. But uh, tell me why this song is important to you, Bill. I mean, Bruce. Well, I grew up in a good Christian church. But you listen to the words. And there's just such a deep message in there. And where God says he, that he multiplied his grace upon me and you and everyone, he didn't add it. It was multiplied. You know, it just over. You can only get so much out of addition, but when you multiply, you can get big numbers. You can get a lot of grace, a lot of mercy. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. And pardon there was multiplied to me. And I I just, I I, I love that that word multiplied. I think this may be the only hymn that I know of that has that word in it, and that it was multiplied to me. And there's a a great story about this man that wrote this, and and he was... um, it was an extraordinary journey that he had. Uh, he was a pastor's son, and I'm a pastor's son, and he was evidently a real challenge to his pastor father. And I I would share that I've been a real challenge to my pastor father on more than one occasion. <laughs> no way. And they, uh, the, the pastor wrote to the president of Moody Bible Institute and said, look, I got this son who is really causing me some challenges. Can y'all take him? Basically, I'm, I'm I'm paraphrasing, and he went over there and they yeah. they they said some strict guidelines for him, and then he through that process he really came into a relationship with Christ. He ended up becoming a, a teacher at Moody Bible Institute, and one time he was I think he was assistant superintendent or something like that. And he was rushing to class and he stepped into an empty classroom and wrote this song um, as he was rushing to class. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. And, you know, by God's word, at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I'd spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And if we understand what we've been forgiven— the more we understand what we've been forgiven, the greater drive we have in our hearts to offer that same forgiveness to others who have offended us along the way. And that's the point that we want to make today. So uh, I appreciate yeah. that you that you got that and you knew that tune, Bruce. Yeah. And um, tell me, tell me very quickly in just just a minute uh, or so. Tell me what forgiveness has meant to you in your life the forgiveness that you've received and the forgiveness that you've extended. What has that meant to you? Well, I had went through a a, a bad divorce and I had to choose whether to forgive her or to get even with her. And uh, 
I had to let go. Let go and let God, you know. And uh, it, it was, I mean, it was bad, you know. And uh, But through it all, God has made me a stronger, better Christian man. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. And it helps you to understand that, you know, I'm not perfect, but yet I've been forgiven from Christ, you know, for for the sins that I have committed. And it makes you so much so thankful for a song like that that you have this morning of how forgiven we are, you know. We're all sinners. We've all come up short. Uh, none of us reach, you know, sinless perfection here on earth. We strive to be the the very best, strongest Christian that we can do. But somewhere we'll maybe get a little angry with somebody, even inside, or, or something, you know. And we got to say, well, wait a minute. That's <laughs> that's the human side. I mean, we got to we got to get back and see what God would have us to do, you know, and, uh, and it, and it doesn't mean us. Bruce, it doesn't mean that it didn't matter what went on in your divorce yeah. and the things that you struggled with. Those things matter. They had consequence. They had weight to them and they, they were, yeah. they were devastating wounds it, but it does mean that we're taking, like I said, in the opening block, we're taking our hands off of someone else's throat that Absolutely. I am not responsible to judge and execute them. And I'm going to I'm going to turn that over to God where it belongs and I'm going to walk peacefully this but you keep boundaries. You still keep boundaries. Yeah. You don't have to keep sticking your hand into the same blender. And yeah. um yeah. you know and yeah. so you, you keep boundaries. again. Yeah. I mean that you 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 know Ronald Reagan one of my favorite trust but verify, <laughs> you know and You don't have to continue to put yourself in that situation. However, you're not walking around with so much rage inside your own heart. And sometimes they don't even know you have it. And and people say, "Well, well, they didn't ask for forgiveness. Well, that doesn't matter. You can have forgiveness no matter. Forgiveness is for for the wounded. Reconciliation is for the perpetrator. Yeah, it's our choice. You know. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. Forgiveness is for the wounded. Reconciliation is for the perpetrator. The the yes. we can forgive whether they've asked or not. That's why you know if somebody has already passed away or they have Alzheimer's and they're not able to ask forgiveness for things that they've done that were just devastating. They don't have it in them. You can still extend forgiveness. You may not be able to be reconciled to them because of disease or death or impairment or whatever. But or or they what there there are a lot of different circumstances why you cannot be reconciled, but that doesn't mean that you cannot forgive. And and Absolutely. this is so important to us as a caregiver. I've often said on this show that caregiving does not stop at the cemetery. The issues for caregivers does not stop at the cemetery because we have to walk in some things post care uh, the the caregiving task that have traumatized our own souls. I've talked to way too many people who are struggling in that area. And so part of that is forgiveness. And we walk in forgiveness, trusting that he is equipping us to do so. Bruce, I appreciate you understanding the the text of that hymn so well and knowing it. 
and thank you so much for calling in, and I really do appreciate it. I, this is Peter Rosenberger. This I is Hope for the Caregiver. This is, uh, this is the show for you as a family caregiver, and we are so glad that you are with us today. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. If you want a building done right, you hire builders. Unless you've done it before, you probably shouldn't try to build it on your own. Jordan Shambly says we should be relieved that when it comes to the church, Jesus is the builder, we're the stones. Our job is to obey the master builder. Jordan shares what all that means in his article, The Builder of the Church. You can read it and let it encourage you at engagemagazine.net. Engagemagazine.net. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. I feel so hopeless. hopeless. Is there any hope? I, I just feel like there's no hope at all. Is there any hope? Get hope. Get hope. Nothing causes me to lose hope like disappointment. That's TWR President Lauren Libby. Something I'd been counting on didn't happen. A relationship goes south. Trust lost in someone or something I had counted upon. When disappointment strikes, my frame of reference gets very, very short. Everything focuses on the short-term disappointment. What's the cure? Realizing that better things are ahead. Jesus said he would never fail or forsake us. He promised to be with us no matter the circumstances. He has our best interests at heart, and he always offers a brighter long-term future. Disappointed? Lost hope? Tell Jesus and see your hope quotient rise. Need more hope? We have resources waiting for you, including a free devotional. You'll find them at GetHopeRadio.com. That's GetHopeRadio.com. He will be strong to deliver me safe. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We're so glad that you're with us. That's my wife, Gracie, with Russ Taff off of her CD, Resilient. And if you want to get a copy of that, go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com and be a part of what we're doing here in the show. We'll send you a copy of her CD. It is, um, it's a great record of a testament of, of her journey, of, of what she's endured, and she's lived to sing about it and does does an amazing job. She's got some great duets on there that I think you'll find very meaningful. And we'd ask that you, if you like what you're hearing on the show, if you feel like it has value to you and you want other people to be able to hear, help us do it more, help us do it better. And you can go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com and, and be a part of it. Whatever you want, you can support the show. We have a prosthetic limb ministry that you've heard Gracie talk about. And we've got... Um, patients that we're sponsoring right now, even though we cannot travel to Africa, where we've been doing this for 15 years, 
We're sending supplies. We have a prosthetic limb recycling program where inmates help us recycle prosthetic limbs. All these things, you could help us do this more with your tax-deductible gift to this ministry. You go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com, click on the giving tab, and we'll send you a copy of Gracie's CD there. All right, let's go um, Alan. Uh, Alan in Texas. Good morning, Alan. How are you feeling? Just fine. Um, can you play that song in three, four time? <laughs> three, four time? I, I would wondering. prefer not to. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there a reason why? I, is there a reason why I should? It just sounds a little more uh, um, waltzy or melodic or something. <laughs> That's all. I don't think I could do that this morning that early in the morning. I'd have to work at that one. Uh, uh, yeah, being that it was written not, in four four time, uh, uh, yes, would make, I know. Why would? Uh, so tell me about tell me about why this means something to you to do it in a waltzy format. Um, and just um, it's not like it's not like you're plodding along. You know, one, two, three, four. It's just kind of smooth, I guess, um, to me. Um, it, I, I play the piano some, and it's just just kind of uh, flows from one stanza to the next, from one major to the next, it seems like. You know, I've played this thing for so many years, I don't think I could do it in three, four time without having a brain collision and uh, uh and I, okay. I i prefer if it's all right with you alan i prefer not to have a brain collision on the air any more than i already do and uh that's all right so that, it's, that wouldn't be good no no it would not be good uh, anyway uh i'm number three and it's at calvary that I at calvary i just didn't dial in quite soon enough that's all but, right you uh, dialed in just fine the point is not to see who wins the Name that tune. The point That's is, right. do we know that song and what it means? Years I spent in vanity yes. and pride, caring not my Lord. And if, when, you, when you realize that this guy was a son of a pastor who had heard the message of the gospel, but clearly, by his own admission, didn't care. Caring not. Yes. My Lord was crucified. And I thought, wow, what a, what a great testament. And how many millions of people have found great strength and comfort in Christ in this hymn. And it's still, it is still powerful to us today to walk in this. Because once we understand how much we've been forgiven, then that's what is the game changer for us as we learn to forgive. As you've, uh, Matthew six fourteen. for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Mark eleven twenty five. when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Um, you know, and it's, that's, there's a whole, there's so many things out there that discuss this concept of forgiveness. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned, St. Francis of Assisi said. And uh, yes. one, of, one of my favorite quotes about this is from Mark Twain. And he says, forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds, the flower, the violet. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Wow. And I thought, wow, that is a beautiful quote there. So 
Uh, well, all right, Alan, I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you go and try to play this in 3-4. And, and I admire you for taking <laughs> on that task. And um, and then okay, if if you uh, you you uh, let me know how that went for because I'd that that's a challenge I'm not okay. up to this early in the morning. So thank you so much for calling on that. Appreciate that. This is um, Linda in Tennessee. Linda, good morning. How are you feeling? I am feeling blessed. I, I mainly I'm kind of a, a still a caregiver for my husband. He had. Uh, a heart attack and then a stroke less than a month later and that's been five years ago and he's done amazingly well and thank God for healing through the Lord Jesus Christ but my comment is mainly the forgiveness I had deep anger and bitterness pent up for probably 25-30 years and I guess you could say earlier this year, I finally just, I held on to it long enough. And when I forgave the person that caused all the hurt so long ago, it was like there was, it was, it was like a millstone was just taken off my neck. And I'm so much lighter now. And the good Lord has shown me so much, so much. And he has reminded me over and over again. For when you forgive, I will forgive you. And it's did, just did that individual to me. did that individual ask you for forgiveness? No. See, that's that's not. my point. Is that yes. we don't they, they have to ask. have someone ask us in order for us to extend this. This is something we can do right here, right now, today. While this show, exactly. before this show ends today, we can offer forgiveness to someone. And that, it doesn't necessarily mean it's also a one and done. We may have to offer this throughout the day, over and throughout over. tomorrow, yes. for weeks on end. But it becomes a part of our life. Intent, you don't accidentally forgive someone. Correct. It doesn't happen. And it doesn't I, happen that way. I it's intentional. Person, when I forgave this person, I forgave them. I could not be face-to-face, but I forgave them over the phone. And I could hear the pause in their voice, and it almost sounded like they had started crying. So I'm hoping that I pass that along, that they would forgive others that have hurt them. Well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. That's not the point. Uh, The point is for you to walk in forgiveness, recognizing how much we've been forgiven by our Savior. Uh, what God did through through Christ's sacrifice—that's the point. And I think and that um, the, the the key for us is to: Are we going to intentionally do this and walk in this with deliberateness and say, "I am not going to hold on to that. I'm going to take my hands off of their throat." Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that what they did doesn't matter. That that's something I really want to drive home today. The the, the wounds are grievous. The wounds are are often horrific. Doesn't mean that, that that it doesn't matter. It means that you are not judge, jury, and executioner, and there may be tremendous consequences for these individuals, and in many cases there should be. But that doesn't mean you're the person who is dispensing that. 
The only consequence that you can offer is extending forgiveness, your presence, all those kinds of things. And you can remove your presence, and you don't have to be in relationship with someone who is abusive. But you can forgive. And it doesn't mean you're minimizing the sin or the abuse. It means that you are letting go of this and trusting that God himself will deal with this. And he may choose to deal with this through the authorities. He may choose to deal with this through a variety of means. But he will deal with it. And and well, we, on the other I hand, can walk song. in peace in this. Oh, by the way, I knew the song at Calvary, and I I, Calvary. I just love that song. I love that song. It, and it and I didn't know, I didn't know this guy was a fellow pastor's son like I was, who had caused his dad, you know, a lot of stress. <laughs> I well, I don't want y'all to think I. <laughs> my dad wasn't necessarily a pastor, but he was a deacon. Well, uh, did you cause your dad stress? Oh, yes. <laughs> All of his children have caused him stress. Well, I, uh, I, I've i given my dad, I have four brothers and a sister, and my mom and dad listen every week um, to the show, and uh, it, I, I love to needle them a little bit. But of all my brothers and sisters, I would suggest to you that I have been one that has um, uh, – Caused a few eyebrows to raise. Is that is that a <laughs> diplomatic way of saying it? <laughs> so, oh yeah. Well, where'd that one come from? Kind of thing. <laughs> well, and and, and because and, and quite truthfully, and, and Mom will admit it, because I'm so much like my mother, uh, she can't deny <laughs> where, where I go. came from. She said so. It's uh, but you know what? This is the, the, the this is a great story that this 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 hymn writer who had caused so much angst that prompted his father to write to the head of Moody Bible Institute to say, hey, can y'all do something with this kid? <laughs> and, and, and then he ended up not only you know, becoming a believer, but, but ended up going on to train and educate and equip, and then through his music now, inspire a, a, a lifetime of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, untold millions of people because here you are you and i are talking about this song today and um got the hymnal right here i don't know it doesn't say when he wrote it but this has been some time ago that he wrote this hymn and uh so anyway well listen i appreciate that very much linda thank you for calling and sharing this story of forgiveness it's a big part of our journey as caregivers it's a big part of our journey as believers uh it is the part is and uh well thank you very much on this and and you as well this is um this is why we do this show is because these are the issues we face as caregivers. The issue is not, you know, how to better deal with an insurance company or injections or, you know, changing dressings and 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 filing claims and all that stuff. Those are important issues. I've done it for a lifetime. I you know, I, I Gracie's had this enormous medical journey over almost four decades. But the issue still remains in the heart. Forgiveness. This is Peter Rosenberg, and this is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident, leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. 
I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. This is William Owens, America's Poet. Morning twilight. Suddenly it arrives with the first sign in the sky. A hint of bright that cuts through the dawn of the night. You've heard the saying out of the Psalms, Weeping might endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. There's nothing like the morning twilight, because it's evidence that another day has come, and no matter what we might have faced the day before, we have a chance to fulfill all of God's will. We have a chance to embrace what He has made us for. We have a chance to experience the purposes for which we're here. When that sun peaks over the mountaintops, let us know that God is with us. This was a poetic expression of hope, love, and forgiveness from America's poet, William Owens. For the entire poem, his on-demand poetry concert, and more, please visit americaspoet.com. Back to Hope for Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. And today we are discussing forgiveness and what that means to us as caregivers. Now, those of you who listen to the show regularly know that we've had all types of, of calls to the show where we've discussed issues similar to this, where we have people who calling in who are dealing with horrific situations, uh, whether it's taking care of and in fact, I remember one, one caller vividly who was taking care of his father, who was an abusive alcoholic, and then he's fallen later in life, and he's having to take care of him. His father hadn't stopped drinking. Um, and he still, and he said, every time I'm around him, I feel like I'm just a kid again, having to deal with this. And and these are not easy things. And, and these people that will tell you that they, oh, yeah, we just forgive him. And, you know, you kind of wonder how shallow that that's going with them. And I'm not there to, to lay judgment on them. Just simply saying, I, I kind of give a little bit of step back on that. I remember one time I was watching on a Christian network, a band was up there playing and, uh, they were just rocking out. I mean, they were just going, the bass was thumping and, and the guitar guy was just, I mean, it just, they were just going at it, dancing around the stage and everything else. And the text that they were singing to all this music that they were playing was, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified. And they were just thumping on this thing. And I was, I was amazed at the disconnect because what they're saying and what they're doing are not matching up. Do you understand the magnitude of what you're saying that I have been crucified with Christ while you're thumping around on a bass and doing guitar riffs on this? 
and the drummer's back there just, you know, in a cage and, and kicking it. Do you understand what you're saying? And and I think that it's it's important for us to to speak out of intelligence and and out of awareness when we say that we're forgiving someone. It is not some kind of production we do on the evening news. It is not this kind of thing. It is a deliberate thing when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, and you walk in this. There are wounds that are so grievous that you do not you you give respect to the wounds by not making this big production about how I've forgiven this person. Nobody needs to even know. They'll know from your demeanor. They'll know from your actions. This is not necessarily something you need to broadcast out. This is between you and God, really. And maybe that person, but that person may not be around to be even able to engage with it. And they don't have to solicit from you your forgiveness in order for you to get it, give it. Now, that's always nice. That's part of the reconciliation process. And I remember one time I, I was dealing with a, a in, found myself embroiled in a church conflict, and there ain't no fight like a church fight, y'all. And, and I remember this guy got up and said this, and he was, a, he was a learned man, and he should have known better. Um, he, longtime pastor, and he said, there can be no healing without, forg- uh, uh, there can be no healing without repentance. And afterwards, because I'm who I am, and sometimes I get ahead of myself and find and, and, <laughs> and decide to poke the bear, I pulled him aside, and I said, and this guy had me by, I don't know, he's got me by 30 years. I mean, he's been around a long time, and he's, like I said, he's a very learned man. I said, your, your thing says there can be no healing without repentance is really not accurate. Repentance is for the perpetrator. But healing can occur without someone else repenting of that to the offended party. The offended party can walk in healing. Healing, forgiveness is what facilitates the healing in the wounded party. And we could be healed through that regardless of what that individual does. There are plenty of people sitting in prisons all over the country who have not repented but their victims have walked in forgiveness and have gone on to, to walk in healing through this. You, you see the difference? And it may seem subtle. It may seem I'm trying to nuance it too much. But, but for me, it was, it was very important that people understand that, you know, because if you're taking care of somebody with Alzheimer's, for example, they're not going to be able to repent of some of the things that you're still struggling with that they did to you. And I know people in this situation right now. I know people who are taking care of aging parents right this moment, today, this morning, who are harboring some very difficult, painful things. And that parent is not able to, to offer any type of apologies or, or reconciliation or repentance or anything. So what is the person supposed to do? What's the caregiver supposed to do? Well, the only way towards healing for that caregiver is to walk in forgiveness. But that person has not asked for it. They may not even be capable of asking for it. They may be dead. But can we still walk in forgiveness? And I say to you, yes, we can. 
And part of this is why I did this hymn today. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. And once we understand that it always starts at the cross, where we ourselves are forgiven, we were forgiven we were, when we were enemies with God. And he, he gives us, through the power of his Holy Spirit, the, the ability to even ask for forgiveness, to, to repent. Luther said we have to repent of our repenting. We don't even know how to repent well. And the more we walk in that, the more we're going to understand this concept But as we walk in forgiveness, we are never minimizing the sin, the offense, the wound. We respect it for what it is. It is trauma. We don't have to minimize it. But we don't have to preside over its execution or that person's judgment. That is not our responsibility. And we can keep healthy boundaries. And we can trust God to work through these things so that we're not bound to this do you you have any concept what bitterness and unforgiveness does to your soul it rots us and and think i bet you could come up with somebody right now that you know who's just bitter and and kind of just picture that a little bit maybe you're in that place The grace that was extended to you while you were yet in enmity with God then can flow through you to extend to others. That is the journey towards healing, even if they don't ask for it. Jesus hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They were not asking for, for forgiveness. They were not repenting. And he's extending forgiveness and asking his father for this. Can we appropriate that as caregivers? Yeah, we can. And I would suggest to you that this is the way that we can walk peacefully in the midst of this great sorrow that we have to, to, to deal with as caregivers. And we will grieve. We will weep. But we will not grieve in despair or rage. We can mourn over the brokenness without being destroyed by it. Are you tracking with me? Many of you right now are dealing with horrific wounds that have been leveled on you. That have pierced your soul like nothing else. And it's crippling you. And you're still serving as a caregiver, often for the very person who did the wounds. Or you got family and friends who are just brutalizing you in the way you're trying to take care of somebody, but they're not helping you. Or you got a doctor that made a terrible decision or whatever, sent you down a path, and you're paying the consequences for it years later. There's all kinds of scenarios. Maybe you got a pastor that you went to and you were struggling and they just dismissed you and they said something that was just 
off the cuff or whatever, and it leveled judgment. Do you know how many people over the, I've been taking care of Gracie 35 years. She's been hurt for 38 years. Do you know how many times we've had bad theology thrown at us? If you had more faith, God would heal you. People have actually said that to my wife. You can't, you can't, you can't carry that. It's too much. You know, when when Gracie was faced with amputating her, her right leg, this is her first amputation. And and I remember these two ladies came up, and I'm not gonna I'm I'm trying to disparage anybody, but they, they told her that she was in rebellion for giving up her leg, that God was going to heal her in June, and she was going to give up her leg in March, and, they, and God was going to heal her, and she was in rebellion to do this surgery. Do you realize the kind of hubris that that takes from people and what that did to my wife, who's 25 years old, and she was struggling, and I was you know, 20, and we were just kids, and we're struggling with this horrific decision of this broken limb, and these nut jobs come up and say stuff like that to us. How many of you all have experienced that kind of thing? And you have, to, you have to walk in forgiveness and realize, I'm not in charge of that. I'm going to keep healthy boundaries. I'm not going to be around these people. But I'm not going to harbor that kind of bitterness. Probably sounds like it as I recounted that story this morning, but I'm not. It was just a teachable moment. And we've moved on past that by, by uh, many, many, many years. But the point is, is that's the kind of grievous things that could be done to people. But are we walking in forgiveness with it as we have been forgiven? And that's how, that's the path to healthiness for us as caregivers. And healthy caregivers make better caregivers. This is Peter Rosenberg. Go to hopeforthecaregiver.com or a podcast, books, music, all that kind of stuff. It's all available for you. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.